You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm so excited to have a pediatric dietitian with me today. I've wanted to do this episode for a long time and just never got around to asking her. So finally, I have Kyla here. Now, Kyla, you may have heard of her before. She is a pediatric dietitian. She's here in Perth and she runs, um, well, she specializes in fussy eating prevention. So Kyla, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> do you want to just let the listeners know just a bit about yourself and a bit about your business? Sure. So my name's Kyla. Um, as you said, I'm a paediatric dietitian and I've worked for the last oh, 14 or 15 years in fussy eating management. And in the last couple of years, so the last two years, I've launched two separate businesses called Baby Mealtimes and Toddler Mealtimes. And they're really about empowering parents to start off their journey with food and kids in an enjoyable, empowered way. So lots of people feel really overwhelmed when they first start doing solids and they get into the toddler fussy years and all the things that kind of happen. And my business, I guess, is a guide to how to navigate those times so that you can feel really good about feeding your family. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. And and for the listeners, I actually met Kyla many, many years ago when she started doing her fussy eating business with my first child, who's over seven and a half now. And so I have used her principles for all three of my children. Mm. It's been wonderful. So we've had a long-standing history of us two. Um and so what absolutely are the, and yeah. so can I throw into that, Susie, quickly? Yeah. It's so interesting. Like I think with parenting, with breastfeeding, with sleep, with feeding, like when you have a bit of a philosophy, it makes so much sense, don't you think? You kind of yeah. just go back to those principles again and again rather than doubting yourself all day long and, you know, asking yourself millions of questions. Should I do that? Should I do something else? It's just nice to not have to, yeah, debate that in your head. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that it's the same, same with breastfeeding and with solids and things. It's something that is happening multiple times a day. You're eating a lot of the time a day, you're breastfeeding a lot. And to have all those questions in your head time and time again is, is totally overwhelming. So it is so good to have those principles. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into it. So I was thinking about what my listeners would want for the um, the girls that are starting their breastfeeding journeys. They may be starting to think about solids, but they probably not there yet. So I thought we'd talk about that kind of that time when we're just starting and we're getting into it. And so, but have you got any tips for new mums and how they would prepare for starting solids? What do they need? Do they need any certain equipment? Do they need to start preparing anything? My first tip is don't panic um, in terms of preparation because it does seem to creep up on you. And I find lots of parents when they're starting solids are a bit overwhelmed because they feel like they've literally just mastered breastfeeding or they've just worked out the right bottle for them. And so it can feel like, oh, there's a whole nother thing that I need to do now. And it doesn't have to be like that. So I want you to know there isn't a heap of work that you need to do. There isn't lots of, you know, background stuff. There are some basic things that you need um, before solids. And remember that most babies in Australia are really starting solids between five and six months. So if you're still at that three-month mark, don't panic. You don't need to be rushing ahead um, or getting anything else sorted. 
what you do need um, is a really good quality high chair. And if you can kind of think about this a little bit like a pram, you want something that you're using multiple times a day to be a reasonable quality and a good support for your baby when they're eating. And probably one of the things I see most commonly is really poorly designed high chairs that just make babies uncomfortable and make it really hard for them to learn about food and learn about eating. So what you ideally want in a high chair is something that has an adjustable foot support. So it's something that moves down as your baby gets bigger. Ideally, you want something like the IKEA Antelope cheap chair, but you want it with an adjustable footrest and you can get those. Um, There's a Melbourne-based company called Nibble and Rest who do um, footsies. Or you can look at the more expensive version, which is like a stoky trip trap with all the attachments, which definitely adds up. But when you think about the use that you get out of it, it's quite considerable. Um, and if you're listening to this after August 2021 at some point, then stay tuned for my higher chair, which is coming onto the market soon, but Ooh, it's a little while yeah. away now. <laughs> you know, exciting. Yeah, very um, So the high chair is definitely one. You want to have some spoons. So you want to have some spoons that really designed for babies. So they've got small kind of heads. They're not super deep. Uh, they're not kind of adult spoons. So you need something like that. Um, I recommend a smock, uh, which is like an eating raincoat so that babies can kind of get messy without you um, getting frustrated that you're doing heaps and heaps of washing. Uh, and probably my favorite smocks are the little chomps uh, ones. They're the ones we bought and we've used for years now. What else do you need? You can buy bowls and plates and things like that. To be honest, though, you could use Tupperware. You could use your own ramekins. You don't need anything um, specific for that. Really, the high chair is the big one. And then getting some spoons that really suit your baby is the next best thing. Yeah, awesome. And I like what you say about the footrest because I think that it's something that no one ever thinks about. I certainly didn't think about when I was um, with my first, never even crossed my mind. And so it's such, yeah, it's such a good point. It just makes so much sense when you say it, but it's not something you even think about. You just look at a chair and think, oh, that chair will do. It's a high chair. It's called that. It must must be good. <laughs> and I feel like most high chair manufacturers think the same thing. Like I'm blown away that we don't have a good market of high chairs that actually suit babies' needs and support their posture, support their legs so that they're not hanging and getting tired and restless and wriggly. It's surprising that it doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so so now that we've got into that, um, a couple of the main questions that the girls asked me, so I thought I would ask you, would be as you start solids and say, you know, we're in the first few months, we're still doing a lot of milk feeds, but we are getting into solids. How are those milk feeds going to change? So whether we're, whether we're formula feeding or we're, we're breastfeeding, are those milk feeds going to change dramatically in those first few months? No. So my approach to this is really that your milk feeds stay exactly the same and we're gradually building up the solid meals on top of that. So if you're having like eight breastfeeds in a day, you would continue to do that at the start and you would just look at one moment in the day where you can slot in solids um, to have a practice, to have a goal about learning about food. My aim and what I teach as part of baby meal times is that we want to be around about three meals by about eight months. Some babies will get there really quickly and other babies will get there really slowly. But before that point, I really don't want milk feeds to be impacted at all. And this is an area I think where there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of misguided advice about, okay, well, you're starting on solid, start cutting down bottles, start doing this. And it's like, no, 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 milk is still really, really important at this stage. And we're just adding solids in as an extra rather than trying to replace anything. 
Okay. Yeah. So that's a really good point. So then when we've been doing that for a few months, I know there's a lot of myths out there that there's a certain date and then next minute you've got to change the milk around <laughs> and the colors go first and there's that date and you've got to do it on that date. And that's not really the case, is it? No, everybody's so worried about that, Mark. When do I do the food before <laughs> yeah. milk? Like, oh, somebody told me I should have. I don't know if I've done it yet. <laughs> I say that the earliest that you'd want to consider swapping your order is around eight months. So prior to eight months, you want to be offering milk before you offer food and that's basically because you don't want food to get in the way of milk feeds we actually don't want those milk feeds to drop off so we don't want your baby to either be eating so much that they're not drinking their milk or we don't want them to be in their high chair getting so frustrated because they haven't worked out that food actually helps them feel full yet so we always offer milk before food until at least eight months After the age of eight months, you can start to play around with your routine, but you don't have to. I think that's the big thing is that there's actually no rules. If it works best for you to keep offering milk first and solids later in that awake period, continue on. Like that's totally fine. Um, There's some periods in the day. I know like for me, it was a lot easier to do a breastfeed first thing in the morning and then have brekkie a bit later rather than get up and do food first and then a milk feed later. Other people like to offer their milk feeds when they go out for the day and they do solids at home. You can totally mix it up after the age of eight months to do what works for you. The only time we're really kind of consciously offering food before milk is if your baby's really struggling after kind of eight to nine months to really associate food with fullness. They're struggling with that kind of concept. They're really just total milk monsters and they don't want anything to do with food. Then we can start to kind of be more active about changing it up. But even then, it doesn't have to be at every awake period. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be on your forefront of your mind all the time. And Absolutely um, not. No. And you don't need to orchestrate it. Like if what you're doing is working really nicely, stick with it. Don't change a thing. And it really is only until you're struggling, like maybe in the, particularly in the evening um, feed, I find if you've done like a milk feed, then you do dinner and then you've got this other milk feed that kind of is hanging around. It's sometimes easier to swap them so that you kind of do dinner and then you do a milk feed before bed. And that can be kind of the first one that you change if that works for you. But again, it totally depends on you and your baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking just as you were talking, um, when I had my second, even my third child, they've got to fit in with your bigger kids and drop-offs and pickups and all the things that you got to do. And I'm trying to even think about with my third, when she even had things. And I'm pretty sure it was just like, oh, I've got half an hour now. Now we can do that. Or we're not going to have time. You're going to have to have a breastfeed now and just get on, you know, get on with it. So that's (laughs) so true. And I feel like that's my life at the moment. Like, oh, I've got five minutes by myself. Let's have a snack quickly and then we'll get moving on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so then you touched on um, you would start with like one time in a day to try some solids. So is that do you have to worry about the amount of times that you – so you might do one solid feed a day for a few weeks and then it goes to two. Is, is that a good way of doing it And rather than being like, right, bang, let's start with three meals a day? I think starting with three meals a day is just so overwhelming for babies and parents combined. Like just trying to even prep food, get your textures right, have that time in the high chair. And particularly around that seven-month mark, you feel like you're feeding all day if you're doing that. So um, I generally recommend a meal a month 
is what we're adding in. So if you start, I'd start with one meal, find your groove. After a month or so, add in a second. After another month or so, add in a third. As I said, you want to be kind of at three meals by eight months, um, but then snacks really don't come in again um, until closer to 12 months. So you can sit at that three meals a day totally fine um, until that point. If your baby's loving solids and they're totally into it, then you can add in those meals more quickly as long as it's not interrupting their milk feeds. Um, Or if your baby's struggling, you can take it slowly as well. I don't think you need to, you definitely don't need to start with three meals and you definitely don't need to be trying to rush yourself or your baby through the process. It really is about building up that relationship with food for the rest of their life. Like there's no rush. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, another question that I chat with my clients in those early solid days a lot is as their baby's poo changes. So when they start having solids and they they um, have a change of a poo. And so some of my clients will get nervous there that their baby is constipated. I know that at those very early times, it can um, take a few days for them to do their first kind of solid poo. And then it all, you know, their digestion is totally changed up. If they're having, is the myth that, or is it true that they're having, they're having too many solids, they could get really constipated in those, say, when they're six months of age? There's no real clear evidence either way. Some babies are prone to constipation, whether they're eating teeny tiny amounts or, you know, heaps and heaps. Um, Sometimes it's our interpretation of constipation. So if you've got a breastfed baby who usually poos three times a day and all of a sudden they're just pooing once every three days, that can feel really different without necessarily being constipation. So I think it's more around discomfort for your baby and any of the texture of the poo, which is obviously not a great topic, but any kind of (laughs) heavily dry, bloody stools, then absolutely we can think about a way to manage that. But if it's just a change in frequency or they're having to work a bit harder to get it out, that doesn't mean that it's constipation. And you've got to remember that if your baby's used to doing a really loose fluidy poo because all they've had in their gut is milk and now they've got these kind of solids going through and they're getting a bit more red in the face and grunting a bit more and having to work sometimes that's just that feeling in their body like it feels different and they're having to work it out so I wouldn't leap to any panic around constipation at that point unless you're seeing these kind of really dry peddly poos and then there's a few things you can do to manage it if it goes on for a long time I definitely want you to chat to your GP about how we can kind of help in the meantime because some babies do have a couple of months of adjustment um, to solids where they do need a bit of help from something like a stool softener and people are scared of that. So we want to make sure um, we're getting onto it preventatively rather than um, leaving it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And also a lot of the girls we chat about and I say that it does take a lot, uh, a little bit of time sometimes for a baby to do a solid poo. So they, they'll say, oh, you know, they're grunting and they go red, then they stop and nothing comes out. And then maybe an hour's time, they'll, they'll do it again. And then there's the concern there that, that it's painful or something. And I usually just talk about it just being the change of digestion and they're learning how, how to poo something out that's solid. And it feels different. Like yeah. we've got to remember that it's a totally different sensation and they're getting used to that. And it's our job not to panic in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, no, perfect. All right. Now, do you want to chat a little bit about your memberships? Because I know that my girls are are always in a lot of the time in that first six months. And I think they would love to learn about your baby meal times and even your toddler meal times if you want. 
Absolutely, yeah. So Baby Meal Times is designed for babies from the start of solids um, until just after their kind of first birthday. So anywhere really from four months until uh, about 14 or 15 months. And the idea is, is it's your one-stop shop for solids. So you don't have to be thinking about Googling, wondering about what to do. There's a an, a members-only website that you can work through all of the modules. Um, so similar, I guess, to your kind of offering, there's videos, lots of guides, how to, how to choose the kind of right food for your baby, how to get the textures right. There's a finger food gallery of about 180 pictures of finger foods by age and stage just to take all of that guesswork out. So if you're thinking to yourself, you know, can my baby have steamed pumpkin? I'm not sure. You can look at this um, guide and kind of get your answer really easily. It also comes with a, a private Facebook page where you get access to a pediatric dietitian where you can ask all of your questions too. So we don't do individualized consults on there, but all those little things that crop up that you just need somebody to tell you, no, that's okay, that's normal, or no, you need to pop to your GP. Um, that's really important. Also includes a lot about choking um, and gagging and how to kind of prevent and manage that. And the other big one that people are most scared about tends to be allergens. So introducing those food allergens, what you're looking for, um, and how to make sure you're doing that safely. Yeah, no, sounds amazing. Much better. So, than and the actually, I'll throw yeah. in there. So you can do a monthly membership. So you can join for a month at a time, cancel any time if you want to. It's twenty dollars a month, um, or you can join for the whole period of your baby's solids, which is ninety nine dollars. So it's meant to be affordable and risk free, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was thinking of uh, when I many years ago when I started my solids journey, and the GP just gives you like <laughs> black and white, you know, piece of paper was just, here you go, these are the, the foods you start, that's what you go next, there you go, and then that was it. And I think, oh, my gosh, this membership would just be such a lifesaver to so many girls. <laughs> I know, and especially if you are like that, you know, type A personality, you're a, like achiever, you've worked really hard in your previous working life and then you're sitting down with this baby and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, what am I trying to even do here? What are the textures? Who knows? And as soon as you Google it, then you're in, you know, you're oh, given 50 million options and you don't know what's evidence-based and you don't know what's best. And someone's telling you this not till 10 months and this at eight months. And it's terrifying the amount of dodgy information out there. And this was meant to be, you know, a practical, evidence-based, supportive place for people to be able to start their solids journey with their kids feeling good about it and feeling excited about sharing food because that's a real passion of mine. You know, if we can get off on the right foot um, and enjoy this process, then we're setting our kids up for a really lifelong, healthy relationship with food. Yeah. No, incredible. So thank you, Kyla. I hope um, the girls listening, they just really wanted to have this as a starting solids episode so you can kind of just dip your toes in, not feel too nervous, um, realise that, yeah, as you said, you don't need to panic. And so I'm going to pop in my Instagram and in the notes <laughs> of the podcast, I'll put in Kyla's uh, details for Instagram and for her website so you know where to find her as well. And Kyla, thank you. Thank you for chatting with me today. My pleasure. I love talking about this stuff and yeah, very easy to do. Cool. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it and at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.